Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to David Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Oudstein, and today we will be studying Duff 53, Nun Gimel, in the fifth chapter of Masechet Edomot. We have to go back to the previous Amut in order to get the connection here. On 52b, there is a quote from our Mishnah that becomes the discussion of the Gemara on, on 53. If the Levia submits to Chalitza and then addressed to her, to her a Ma'ama, this is the quote from the Mishnah, and a little further down it continues to quote from our Mishnah, and I read here, if the Levia gave her a letter of divorce and then addressed to her a Ma'ama, it is necessary for her to obtain a second letter of divorce and to perform Chalitza. While if this is the view representative of, uh, of Rabbi Akima, would a ma'ama to her be valid after a letter of divorce had already been given to her? Because surely it was taught, Rabbi Akiva said, from where is it derived that if a man gives a letter of divorce to his sister-in-law, she is forbidden to him forever? Because it was stated, her former husband who sent her away may not take her again to be his wife, after sending her away. Rab Ashi replied, A divorce given by Levir is only rabbinically valid, and the scriptural text is a mere prop. Likewise, and continue to quote, it was also taught, Rabbi said, this statement was made only in accordance with the view of Rabbi Akiva, who treated a chalutza as a forbidden relative. The sages, however, maintain that there is some validity in acts after chalutza. And I, Rabbi, meaning Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, say, when is betrothal after chalutza valid? Only when he betrothed her as an ordinary matrimony. But if he betrothed her for elaborate union, there is no validity, there is no validity in any such act after chalutza. So, we remember, once Chalitza is performed, the, the leverate bond no longer exists. So there can be no leverate trouble. Now, our Gemara on 53 Aleph quotes Rav Sherabia. Had a proper Chalitza, Chalitza Kshera, been performed, Lekuli Alma, all would agree that there is no validity if he afterwards says to her, I betroth you through the bond of leverate. So, you know, if he does Emma We are talking here, this is Rav Sharabia, we are talking here about a Chalitza Hasul, meaning a Chalitza that is impaired in some way. And Rav Ashi joins in saying that actually we are not talking about a Chalitza Hasula, but the debate is about a case in which stipulation was made, a tnai, a condition. Now, what's a tnai? 
any kind of transactions can come with a tie, a stipulation, that require certain actions to take place before it becomes valid. Now, the other term that we will encounter soon is a tnai kaful, a double stipulation. What is meant is that it is a double-sided stipulation, meaning that both outcomes need to be stated clearly. The outcome of not fulfilling the stipulation as well as the outcome of fulfilling the stipulation. To give an example, the sale of this car is effective if the full amount is paid by whichever date, and the sale is not effective if the full amount wasn't paid by whatever date. So both outcomes have to be clearly stated, the positive and the negative, for fulfilling the condition and for not fulfilling the condition. Now the biblical example for that is taken from the deal, the arrangement that Moses made with the tribes of Reuben and Gad, who received permission to settle east of the Jordan River, and receive the allotted portion of land there, on the condition that they would fight alongside the other tribes in the conquest of Israel. And you can look this up in Masechet Kiddushin 61a. Now, if we continue now to our Gemara here, continues Rav Ashi Amar, the Chuli Alma, Chalitza Sula Eina Puteret, Vehacha. Yes, yes, Rav Ashi, all agree that a deficient Chalitza, Chalitza Psula, is invalid. But here we are dealing with a condition to a Chalitza, a Tnai Bechalitza. And some say that a Tnai may affect the validity of a Chalitza. If it affects the validity of the Chalitza, it results in that the levirate bond, the zika, is not severed. And some hold, says Ravashi, that its nine nevertheless has no influence on Khalitsa's effect of dissolving the zika of Yibum, meaning that even if the tznai was not fulfilled, the Khalitsa is still considered valid, and the levirate bond no longer exists. And this results then in that any kind of ma'ama that comes afterwards has no effect. Now the Gemara continues. Now Ravina says, Ravina Amar, lechuli alma yesh t'nai bechalitza, vehacha b'tnai kaful kemipangi. So Ravina disagrees and says no. According to all, there is indeed such a thing as a t'nai bechalitza a condition made at the time of Chalitza, but the disagreement here that we are talking about is about a Tznai Kaful, a doubled condition, which I explained previously. Where in the case where there is no doubled condition, no Tznai Kaful, the Tznai has no effect, the Chalitza is valid, and the subsequent Ma'amah pointless. So Ravina says that according to some, Masra, a Tznai Kaful is necessary to have a valid Tznai, while others hold that an ordinary Tznai would be sufficient. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros 
from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.